and we're live now. Hey, All Pat, right. How's it going? That's going pretty good. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, weekend was pretty uh, pretty rainy over here. Um, we got a lot, like a ton of rain, but uh was able to play my, my men's league baseball game last night. So we played in some uh, some drizzle. It was supposed to rain like 100% or whatever, but it was uh, it was pretty good. We we beat it up, beat up on another team or two now, so we're doing pretty well. Sweet, man. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. How about you? Pretty good. Man, what did I do this weekend? Uh, no, just uh, just hung around, watched some uh, NBA playoffs, and uh, um, yeah, just ate some good food. Oh, no. What am I talking about? I went to Utah. I was going to say, <laughs> I saw a lot of cool uh, social media stories coming from you. So, if, you know, keeping it low-key, watching NBA in Utah in the mountains, I'm like, all right. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's yeah. He's real humble like that. I was, I was looking for... Kind of jokingly because I know it doesn't exist. I was looking for a statue of okay. John Stockton shorts. Um, that was okay. that was like what I was looking for, but apparently they don't have it. Which I'm like, I, I feel a little bit disappointed. If I were a Utah Jazz fan, I'd be like, we forget Carl Malone, the you know one of the greatest power forward scores of all time. We need shorts of John Stockton's shorts, or yeah. a statue of John Stockton shorts. So I don't yeah. even think there are old men, you know in their gardens in their backyard that wear shorter shorts than John Stockton. So yeah, I, I agree. I think there should be some sort of uh tribute to him and his ability to wear uh you know leggings that uh you know barely cover up uh you know what we're supposed to cover up as men. Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking forward to the days when they try to bring that back again because you know uh fashion just uh comes back from behind and uh it just repeats itself. So I'm looking forward to those days when tight shorts come around and all that. So. Man, I don't think we're too far away. Like, honestly, uh, when I see some like college kids these days, it's like they're probably wearing like halfway between, you know, to your knee shorts and then like what John Stockton wore. So it's like, I don't know, that paired with like long crew socks and, uh, you know, really crappy old men gym shoes. I feel like that's like returning as far as style goes, so it's like skipping our generation back to our parents a little bit, but yeah, it's, yeah. it's a little concerning. Yeah. 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 I'm worried about the future of America. So <laughs> for sure. If that is, if that is what we're looking forward to with regards to athletic wear. So, yeah. Sometimes yeah. I do feel embarrassed. Like if I wear like basketball shorts or to my knee, I'm like, am I just like that old <laughs> man now? Who's kind of like, am I like a geezer, you know, 40 year old or something wearing some, some outdated, you know, style basketball shorts because, you know, things yeah. are getting shorter now. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I know. I get it. I hear you. Yeah. Style, style is important, right? I feel like that's uh, that's the name of the game for a lot of it. You, you got to look good and play good all at once, I feel like. So, yeah. 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 Well, I know you didn't want to elaborate on, on you know, Daisy Duke shorts, but, uh, you know, I think we had some good conversation to get rolling here. Um. Yeah. You know, we're wearing our socks stuff. I think it's only necessary. We cover probably the biggest story for the White Sox so far this year. It's not baseball related, really, but it's more like touching on race and things that are like super uber relevant in our country right now. And it's uh, I'll, I guess I'll just tell the story. I'd love to get your take first. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it seems like, you know, Tim Anderson's a shortstop for the White Sox, uh, really you know, fantastic hitter, great player, uh, one of our core pieces. Um, he's African-American. Um, I believe in the MLB today, it's something around 78% representation for African-Americans. So 
a little bit changed since like the eighties and nineties when I think that was at least in the double digits in person, you know, percentage wise. But uh, I guess there's a little, there's a little bit of backstory as far as like what was actually said and kind of the events that transpired before what happened this weekend in New York. But there's another player, Josh Donaldson on the New York Yankees. Uh, for those who watch the game, he's a you know really good power hitter, uh, you know, toward the end of his career, probably in his late thirties. Um, you know, well senior to Tim and, uh, you know, there was some, a little bit of a, you know, back and forth with them in, in Chicago, there was a bang, bang play at third base and Josh kind of dropped his knee down on Tim, uh, going back to third base. And, uh, you know, they exchanged some words and the, the benches will always clear in baseball if anybody talks to each other, uh, in any sort of way. So it's kind of a big charade, but, um, you know, there were some words exchanged and then, um, you know, coming into this last weekend series in New York, um, I believe Josh caught up with Tim Anderson around second base and basically turned him and said, you know, Jackie, uh, which is referring to Jackie Robinson, who was the, you know, the first African-American player to really, you know, bust the color barrier down at a, in a, you know, very uh, monumental way for, you know, pro baseball. And, uh, you know, Tim took exception to it then, and I think over the next inning, Yasmani Grandal, our catcher, caught Josh Donaldson at home plate and kind of had, you know, some words for him as in his face and stuff. So, you know, all we saw was like Tim kind of rush in and, you know, nothing really happened. There was like, you know, a little pushing and holding back type situation. But, uh, you know, the comments, uh, you know, were, were a huge topic of debate um, throughout, you know, sports press this this whole start of the week. And then um, Josh Donaldson this morning just got a game suspension for – what he said. And, uh, you know, I can go into the context of kind of what both sides, you know, were, were kind of positioning with, but, uh, do you have any initial, you know, thoughts about it or just, you know, from what you saw, what, what, what you really think? Yeah, no, this is definitely a, a, uh, I guess a fun topic, if you will. Um, I mean, my, my initial take, and I've, I've tried to listen to, you know, uh, I don't want to say both sides, but like, different types of perspectives on the situation. Uh, some people that were, I guess, more so pro Josh Donaldson, which of course there is, and then pro Tim Anderson more so of, um, just to kind of hear what, uh, what what the different type of interpretations are regarding this. And I think a couple of things, in my opinion, is that they, I, I, I don't think it's ever been known that they're like friends or buddies so, you know, if I'm going to a stranger or somebody I'm just not well acquainted with and then kind of teasing them on this, that's stupid. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's, that's just disrespectful. I get you're trying to, like, I don't know. If, I think another, it's kind of a weird thing. Like nobody, there's, there's no teammate that is defending Josh Johnson and anything he's been doing or saying. Uh, he's been suspended. Um, they've all become, been kind of backtracking on it and, uh, I think Joe uh, Kelly or uh, no, Liam Hendricks, he was a teammate of his like, you know, and he, he he's called out like nobody's ever liked this guy. This guy's a douchebag. So um, yeah. like nobody's defending him. I think my whole thinking is um, I don't necessarily think that Josh Johnson is racist per se, at least from what I've seen with regards to this. I just think he's more of a douchebag troll more so than anything. Um you know, he's calling him Jackie and he says like, oh, well, he called himself Jackie. So I can say it right or whatever. It's like, yeah, but you're you're not his like friend or I don't know. It's just like 
out of all the things in the world, you can be calling an African American, even if it's a tease of something that he said in, in a you know an interview in in the, in the past. It's like you know, to what point is it just become fucking annoying? Like that's <laughs> so he's trolling him. He's, he's trying to get something out of him, which, you know, probably I guess it worked and all that. Uh, but yeah, to me, he's, I think Stephen A kind of said like, you know, it doesn't seem like it's racist, but to me, it just seems that Don- Josh Donaldson's more of a douchebag than anything else here on, on this. So. Yeah. And, and I think the defense that Josh came with was uh, essentially him and Tim, like, personally joked about that like when when tim said it in 2019 or something like they had a laugh about it like in a former game like a past game or something like that so it's like i just uh you gotta know who you are and you gotta know like like what you know uh area you're operating within i feel like if you're on a stage where you know any little thing is going to get some sort of news buzz or interest or anything like that like even a slight push of another player it's like that in itself is going to get you news coverage. Like even if your intentions were solely just to like rib him or like try to get under his skin somehow, like by using that word or just like calling him Jackie or whatever, it's like, you just, you just got to know there's going to be consequences. Like you're going to eat a couple of games in a suspension because of, you know, where we're at right now is the society. It's just like, as, as quick as somebody says anything, like another person you know, could easily be canceled. And I think in this situation, it's well validated. I mean, like, you know, obviously if like Josh, um, I think he kind of apologized for what he said, but it's like in the same sense, like, you know, after dropping your knee down on him, you know, the prior series and kind of like creating that tension, really anything you say after that to him directly, no matter what your intentions are, are just going to be taken the wrong way. And, uh, I'm kind of on your side. Like, I don't know if it's like he's, he's like made a comment that's like, you know, irreparable or something that's just like so harmful, mm-hmm. but in the same sense, like, as you're saying, I think he likes to push, you know, other people's buttons, like maybe just to get a competitive edge or something like that, because he did the same thing with Giolito and the sticky stuff when, mm-hmm. you know, he was a part of the twins, uh, you know, a year ago or so once they started banning, uh, you know, a spider spider attack or what have you. So it's just like, I don't know. Um, you know, and, and I'm not, and I'm not African-American, neither are you. It's not like we can really like know what those comments feel like, or like, however they're directed from white man to black man, like how that's truly going to feel. Mm-hmm. But like, you just, as a white person, like you just have to be so much smarter than that. You just like, even if you have like zero intention, just don't, don't try to get cute with anything like that. That just toes on that line. Like it's just such a, a dangerous spot to put yourself in. And it's just like completely unnecessary, like in the context of, you know, where they're currently at with a lot of their tensions and them kind of going back and forth. Yeah, no, I agree. It's, it's like, th- there's a saying out there, right. And I don't know if his intention was necessarily to be funny. It was definitely much, you know, well, I guess lighthearted joking, maybe, maybe, uh, but there's there is a saying in comedy that if, if it's not funny, it's racist. I think <laughs> you know, yeah. You, I think you laugh at because it it's like it's kind of true. Uh, if it doesn't hit, if it's not, you know, and 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 a lot of it can be on the eye of the beholder of who you're, you know, you're teasing, you're telling the joke to or with, right? But you you have to be cognizant of that, which is why you know great comedians are able to to do all these things and get away with it because you know. Uh, 
like Dave Chappelle, like ha- that Chappelle show and everything. Like it really hit a lot of racial undertones, I think, um, with regards to that. But at the same time, it kind of exposed like, you know, to white people, right. And to me as well, of, like the things that an African-American <laughs> growing in this country kind of goes with in a humorous uh, manner, you know, a spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down. So, um, yeah, if it's not funny, it's racist. So I think that uh, with regards to, uh, I guess, what uh, Donaldson said, it's like, just not funny. It's just like, <laughs> you know, you, yeah, he he was uh, kind of provoking him, uh, you know, had a hard tag on him. And, you know, we, we don't know what's happened with Tim Harrison, too. It's like, hey, look, there was just recently, like, uh, a shooting in Buffalo. Ten people were killed just because they were black. Like, there's a lot of things happening uh, you know, just today, right? There was a, a you know, a, uh, was it 14 uh, high, was it high schoolers or teenagers were shot and killed, including a teacher in Texas. So it's like, hey, you know, there's people that are going through some difficult things. Like, you got to read the person, uh, like, just because you, you can say, say, just because you can say something like, oh, it's a free country. But uh, just because you can say something doesn't mean you, you ought to or you have to. Um, you know, sometimes it's better in the long run just to be a, a decent human being and just just to be kind so yeah yeah and i think Keyshawn johnson was also kind of saying like you know the things that he doesn't appreciate really is like how you know white people and even the masses decide to like kind of um i don't want to say steal but like more or less like just use a lot of like black colloquialisms or you know expressions sayings things that are like meant to be part of just black culture and preserved for just black culture mm-hmm. in a lot of ways are like stolen adapted or, you know, just, just outright used by people that, you know, don't really understand the origins of those sayings, those words. And it's like, if somebody calls himself Jackie Robinson, like there's just, you should just let that lie. And like, you know, um, yeah. let him have that, let him own that if that's where he wants to go with it. But like, you know, don't be a part of something that, you know, you don't really understand the history of, and then, you know, when you look at the history of this country and just kind of, like you're saying, like events like an East Buffalo that just reinforce, you know, uh, racism or, you know, just that color line or like that hierarchy or the way that, you know, you know, whites in this country have liked to perceive like their power structure over like African-Americans. It's just, it's just another layer to this where it's like, you know, if you guys are already at odds and you just say that one little thing, like expect that to just blow up and, uh, you know, do you think that the suspension was fair? I mean, do you think that one game solves it or, you know, would no games have been better or would like, would there be something else that maybe you would throw on that or something of the sort? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, but it was kind of funny. Joe Kelly's reaction with regards to it was like, I, I got eight, I got eight games for like a little smirk or whatever. <laughs> <You know? laughs> like how, how does that equate? And then, you know, whatever's happening with Josh Donaldson here, how does that equate to one game? Right. It's like, uh, you know, this is, this is definitely not some sort of, uh, you know, it doesn't take a law degree, I guess, to help run, run these things or hopefully not, but it's like, you know, how, how does this all equate? It, it, I don't know if it all makes sense, but um, I mean, Hey, one game, sure. It's, I guess better than nothing, but, you know, come on, like, is this, <laughs> you know, is this, is this what we're really, uh, I guess, kind of stand for? Um, again, compared towards Joe Kelly and his smirk, which is pretty, pretty hilarious there. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I really don't know if there's a good answer for that. Uh, you know, if it's one game or eight games or a whole season, I don't know. But uh, at the same time, it's just like, you know, uh, 
Donaldson, he seems like he's backtracking. I don't know if he's, I don't know how he's going to react any, any much more going forth, but you know, hopefully this is like a, Hey man, you know, I, I was almost saying uh, Kyrie to Kyrie to shut up and dribble. So I'm going to like say <laughs> Josh Donaldson, you know, just shut up and hit a ball. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I'm wondering if the punishment actually like solves the problem. Like mm-hmm. does that, does that change the way that Josh is going to, you know, and let's say like he takes the, say he stops towing the line on race related stuff, but like, will that stop making him even like a smart ass or like, just like an irritant on the baseball field? Like probably not. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, I think Julian Edelman, that one time there was a anti-Semitic comment and I can't remember the athlete. If you remember the athlete just shouted out, but um, I think Julian Edelman's response to some anti-Semitic comments, I believe on Twitter was to basically respond. And instead of just like forcing this person to be, you know, making this person canceled in front of the public eye, he more or less said like, Hey, I don't appreciate that. Um, you know, I'd be happy to buy both of us some tickets to the Holocaust museum. And then maybe yeah. you and I could like go through that museum and just share cultures and get to be- like, get to know each other a little bit better. Like yeah, maybe one of the best responses to anything racist I've ever heard, because it's like, you know, it, it just it just advances the conversation beyond like, hey, you're wrong. and I'm going to shame you and you'll just live in that shame. It just makes people angry. You know, it doesn't really yeah. like solve the problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm looking at it's uh, I think it's Deshaun Watson. Uh, mm. It was the one that like tweeted out something about the Holocaust. Like never happened or whatever. And then Julian Edelman was like, hey, let's uh, let's let's go like uh, to a Holocaust museum or something like that. I believe that's what it is here. Man, um, if it was Watson, he's been having a really, really bad, you know, past couple of years here. Oh, uh, sorry, Deshaun, Deshaun Jackson, Deshaun Jackson. Oh, okay, good. Yeah, yeah that yeah, sounds yeah. right. That sounds right. That sounds right. Yeah, sorry, yeah. I, I, I just, I just saw Deshaun, and I got, I got <laughs> Deshaun confused here. So, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, yeah, Deshaun Jackson. But um, no, yeah, no, that's that's a good point. Actually, that's a great uh, um, I think uh, uh, point you you made there. Uh, one of my um. Uh, favorite people uh, uh, as I I'm trying to come up with the name of him and everything, but <laughs> uh, he is uh, he's, 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 a, he's a musician, a jazz musician who has uh, collected hundreds of uh, KKK uh, robes, actually. Um, he's black. <laughs> okay. He's black. Uh, okay. He was actually, he's, uh, you know, I'm going to be Googling this a jazz musician, basically, uh, that's collected robes of, from the KKK, but he's collected the robes by befriending them. I think that's the whole idea. So he he I think he traveled the world. Uh, he was like an army brat. Um, he had no idea what racism was. Like he was just uh, you know a kid and everything like that. But I think there was one incident where he actually was in America, um, and uh, a, and and then a lot of uh, some adults. I think he was doing um, was it like a uh, uh i think it was a boy scout troop or something like that um he was part of like, the boy scouts he was in a parade and then there were you know hey boy scouts is kind of a white thing right uh there were parents adults throwing stuff at him and and then they were trying to figure out like and then you know the the other adults that the ones part of the uh the troop were trying to like protect him and everything and you know he was crying he was like why 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 are these people mad at me you know uh and then he had to sit down with his parents later that day, and his parents had to explain what racism was. So, um, uh, yeah. So it's it's it kind of reminds me of that is like he sought that as a moment of like you know why do you hate me when you don't know me 
uh, I think was his whole thing. So he learned to use uh, jazz. And he learned to use uh, religion too um, as ways to connect with white supremacists. Um, I think one of his uh, key things was uh, rock and roll was actually started by a black person. And he, <laughs> he resonated uh, with a lot of the, uh, the, the people he was talking to of like, oh, like, who do you like? It's like, oh, I love rock and hardcore rock and stuff like that. I was like, oh, you know, that was made by, you know, uh, the, the originator of rock is, is Chuck Berry, who's black. You know, we kind of know that from uh, uh, what's the movie Back to the Future, right? I, I think, oh, I, yeah, yeah, it was Chuck Berry that was uh, like his mom, or yeah, he was like trying to point at the problems, like, hey, listen to this, and, and that was that was Chuck Berry, so that's how rock on a minute, but anyways, like that was his whole thing, was you know, with regards to racism. You know, it's one of those things that is interesting. It's like if you want to, I guess, uh, um, have a friend rather than an enemy. It, in a way, it's one of those interesting things. At least, uh, Daryl, Dar- yeah, Daryl um, is his name. Uh, let's see. Yeah, he he basically uh, just puts that that uh, peace offering forth. So it's like, hey, I'm not your enemy. I'm your friend, Daryl Davis. Um, and he's been able to collect hundreds of robes that way. So it's quite a testament. There's a documentary on that. Uh, go watch it. It's it's quite awesome. Uh, in fact, actually, the the people that don't like him more so it are uh, was the Black Lives Matter movement. Uh, they they thought he ought to have been um, more antagonistic towards white supremacists, at least in the movie that was depicted. So, but mm-hmm. yeah, you know, can we all just get along? Can we all just you know see each other eye to eye and not be too douchey i don't know hoping for a better world though yeah um i had one other point the other thing i was gonna the last i mean i we can end it after you know this or any other comments you may have but um i think the other thing that makes it seem like it was more intentional than just like you know a joke was the fact that even after we heard josh donaldson's press comments we haven't heard anything else that's like kind of really relays the fact that he like called Tim or he, te- you know, texted Tim or he met up with Tim after the game, like in the tunnel or something. It's like he kind of just said what he needed to say in front of the camera to really like protect his name. But in the same mm-hmm. sense, like you would like to know that there was like some follow up. Like I feel like when Drew Brees made the comments that he made, like he had a public presser of him being like up in front, like just taking ownership for things that he like was ignorant about and how he's talking about like standing for the flag and this and that. But I think he also like made the efforts to talk to all the saints teammates and like current saints players or like whoever it was. It's like, he went around, he went like above and beyond to clear, you know, his name and really like try to understand or get his point, you know, kind of like better understand what he did wrong. And it's like, I just don't think a guy like Josh Donaldson really gives a crap. He's just more or less like, how can I like limit the amount of games I get suspended for in that sense? But, uh, yeah, you know, um, I think he's kind of a buffoon. Anyway, so I'm like, you know, I don't know. Maybe he just will never understand, but, uh, yeah, you know, I know Josh has had like a rough upbringing too. Like, I don't think he has like a dad. I think his dad like left him or something like that. Or, you know, I, I heard he's had like a pretty rough on upbringing, but, uh, Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I think this one he doesn't get, um, you know, many uh, free passes on. Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's one of those things. Like, just because you know you're a professional athlete and you know you make a bunch of money and you're highly esteemed within uh, society, 
doesn't make you a good person or doesn't redeem you in any way. Um, if you're a douchebag and you're, you know, you can hit a ball, okay, make some money, uh, good, but you're still a douchebag. So <laughs> uh, that's, that's my thoughts on that. So, yeah. That's a good hashtag. You know, you know, we'll, we'll figure something out. <laughs> Surrounding yeah, other. Kind of a lengthy hashtag yeah, a little bit, but no, yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah. Daryl Davis, go check it out. Uh, yeah, his documentary, I would, I would highly recommend it. Accidental Courtesy, Daryl Davis, Race in America. Um, I think it might still be on Amazon Prime, but you know, it's definitely worth a watch if it is. So, yeah. That sounds pretty good. Um, outside of, you know, this issue in general, I felt like what happened at the end of the series with the White Sox is Tim Anderson actually had the... <laughs> The walk-off home run in the Bronx to basically kind of seal the victory for the White Sox that game, and they took two or three from the Yankees. Um, you know they're they're looking better. Um, you know, Luis Robert just went on the IL today with COVID, you know, related concern, and uh, I, I've heard that Lance Lynn and Eloy are on their way back, so it could be like a week or two more. But uh, I don't know. Did you have any uh, takeaways from that weekend, or what's ahead for for our boys? I mean, it was so beautiful like, when he hit that, and he was like, you know, doing like this to the crowd and everything. Because I'm, yeah. I'm pretty sure the crowd was calling him Jackie or whatever, and like, you know, trying to be all trolly and stuff like that. So, uh, but no, it was it was poetic justice, I think, overall uh, for that. Um, and yeah, you know, it's one of the, the this White Sox. Why can't we just all be healthy like all at once? Uh, it's either like our pitching is is down, and then. Uh, and then you know maybe we're healthy on the uh, on the um, uh, a positional player side, but then you know it'll switch just just like that. So, um, but hey, I'm optimistic. You know, it's still fairly early in the season with everything. Um, uh, Kopech's looking like a Cy Young. Uh, I think he finally got a uh, a quality start actually in the game. So I'm happy about that. Uh, his ERA is like under two. Yeah, it's like once I think he's second uh, in in baseball right now. But um, yeah, I'm just I'm just hoping that the White Sox get healthy uh, or as healthy as possible. And you know, yeah, it's good that they were able to uh, beat the number one team in in baseball, right? So yeah, yeah, it shows we can win big games, especially on the road. Um, I think that's been our kind of our bugaboo. Uh, even mm-hmm. even last year it was just like we had a nice record, we got in the playoffs, but we beat nobody in Portland yeah. and. You know, yeah. it's got to establish that like we can play high pressure games and like come out with a victory uh, in those in those games. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I was also encouraged by Johnny Cueto. You know, our, yeah. our, our boy that we were waiting on in the wings, and he just kind of you know last two starts, his first two starts of the White Sox have been six innings, um, scoreless, and then just you know striking out a bunch of batters and just looking like you know somebody could be you know maybe a third to fourth to fifth uh, you know starting pitcher kind of rotation piece for us just. Honestly, yeah. just give us some innings and, you know, keep us competitive. And, uh, you know, it's really all we could ask for with him. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, the offense, like, still needs to kind of, you know, kick it up a little bit. I mean, Grandal has been just awful, uh, you know, as far as production goes. And he's just making really, like, weak contact. And it's just disappointing because I feel like last year, second half, he just was on fire. And it just hasn't really crossed over into this year just yet. But, um, I'm holding out hope for Grandal. Um, but in general, I think, you know, if they can just 
kind of series by series, just, just take two or three or, you know, three or four split, you know, let's just keep, keep riding this momentum and get us, you know, further and further above 500. That would just be, you know, super nice when, when we get all of our guys back healthy, you know, knock on wood. Yeah, for sure. And then, yeah, I was, you know, I, I think one thing was that I was, I was glad to see that Tony LaRusso was uh, kind of had uh, uh, Tim Anderson's back here and everything. Uh, not to say it was the same thing, but well, you know, with the Yerminator last year, <laughs> it was like, <laughs> like, no, we don't do bat flips and, and all that. And it was all old school there. Um, you know, I, this could be definitely be a, an igniter ho- I'm hoping for, you know, it, it certainly seemed like they rallied around uh tim anderson you know he's 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 their guy he's he's the kind of the face of the white Sox, to be honest so um you know it's glad that i'm just glad that tony russo kind of had his back and it's, it seems like it's going to be a unifying uh moment uh for the white Sox. hopefully uh going on to you know the second half um when it comes around so i i, I I'm, I'm excited i'm optimistic uh overall uh Kopex looking like a stud out there uh glad he got the quality start um and then yeah we're our pitching staffs getting healthy overall and Cueto is uh is killing it right now so um yeah hopefully the bats will heat up uh, as the summer uh, goes on so for sure so uh yeah we'll see how that goes um um you know kind of crossing over in sports um yeah you know you and I have both been watching the NBA playoffs pretty closely um, looks like we have a series on one hand and, and maybe not so much, much on the other, but, uh, yeah. what are your thoughts? You can start on either side, but, you know, just kick it off with, uh, your feelings right now. Yeah. I mean, on on the West, you know, it's kind of short and brief, but you know, I think we both called it like <laughs> warriors, tough team to beat. And, you know, uh, the Mavs, they, they need more than Doncic. I think it's pretty apparent, you know, they're just double teaming him and, uh, you know, that's there's a reason why they're down 3 0. Uh, you know, Doncic has been playing pretty decently. It's just, yeah, they don't have that firepower uh, f- from the rest of the squad. Um, this certainly is not necessarily a surprise, uh, but you know, when you go against a team such as the Warriors, you're, you're, you're going to need multiple playmakers on a high skill level. Uh, Wiggins is playing out of his mind, too. Uh, that dunk on Doncic was not. <laughs> Uh, that is the definition of posterizing. Um, showed he's always had the talent, uh, always you know the athleticism, everything like that. It's just you know he's, I think uh, he this was just kind of the perfect spot for him. Just you know he's not the focal point, he's not the leader per se, but uh, he can still contribute defensively and you know score and posterize the best player uh, uh, in basketball probably right now. So. Um, and then, yeah, moving on to uh, the Heat and Celtics, uh, that's quite a series. Uh, I honestly, I mean, I, I is it going to be one of those whoever the home team is <laughs> just wins it? I think uh, maybe, uh, but you know, right now, like I, I it's it's again, it's been kind of hard to kind of go against the Celtics just the way that they've been playing. Uh, but you know, when, when they're at home, it always seemed like, oh yeah, everything's fine. But then they go on the road against the heat and then the heat, it it, it, it seems like whoever's the home team is just killing it. So I don't know, um, you know, if Tyler hero becomes healthy again, which I think he will, uh, yeah, you know, maybe the heat do uh, show up and uh, win some more games. Maybe they do pull up one on the road. Uh, but yeah, it's a great series overall, but yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see how rested up they are. Uh, 
because you know I I think that the uh, Golden State Warriors are going to be sweeping uh, the Mavs overall. So yeah, what's your take? Yeah, I mean, really not much to add on the Western Conference Finals side. I mean, I just kind of, we, we kind of both you know, knew this coming in, but you know, a team as smart as the Warriors, uh, committed on the defensive end, just really well coached. It's like kind of going in. I had that feeling that you know this isn't going to be the Doncic show, and if if none of those other role you know role players really step up and become you know real reliable number two or three options on that team, like they can just focus all of their, you know, assets and, and kind of, you know, focus on Doncic and just kind of, you know, if you take him out, you know, who else is backing him up? It's just, there's just not enough, you know, depth on that team that, you know, can play at a championship level, at least that, you know, will keep them in this one. So, you know, with what you're saying with Wiggins, I mean, I felt like he was kind of, he's always kind of the underappreciated piece of that team. I feel like he's really, he reminds me a lot of Iguodala when they won their first one, you know, recently. And, uh, it's kind of like everybody looks at the big three, but then they forget about, you know, the one glue guy that's just kind of bringing everything else together. And I feel like he's kind of like that mix between that or that bridge between the youth that's coming up and the, you know, big three that have been there forever. So he's kind of like that, that binder that's like just a do it all uh, freakish athlete. That's really coming into his own and, you know, establishing himself as a, like a true star now, because I think everybody, <clears throat> You know, when he was coming out of college, I mean, they were calling him the next LeBron and, you know, he hasn't lived up to those expectations and those are very hard expectations to live up to. But you, know, you could always tell like he had all the athletic prowess you need to be a star in this league. It's just like he needed the right fit, the right opportunity. And, uh, you know, we've seen with Zach Levine on the Bulls, you know, just give him the ball and let him kind of create his own legacy. Like, I, I feel like maybe that was there's something maybe structurally in Minnesota that didn't work for Zach. I think the same thing didn't work for Andrew and it's like, yeah. you know, uh, Warriors are going to be really tough past the series. So, you know, I, I still see them as the favorites to win it all uh, because mm -hmm. of, you know, when we look on that Eastern conference side and where things are at, I mean, you're talking about home court advantage with, I, which I totally agree with. Um, I'm just also looking at the injuries. I mean, both teams just seem to be like so beat up and they're missing, you know, one to three core players. It's like, what's going to happen over the next, uh, you know, two to three games, you know, the seven game set, if the Warriors are resting on one side and these other guys are just fighting yeah. to the death. I mean, by the time that next series starts, I mean, the Warriors could come out to two Oh lead right away and, you know, take all the momentum. So um, I'm kind of actually though, leaning toward the Celtics just because of, you know, the injuries on the Miami side are just so much more important. I think like if they don't have a healthy Jimmy or, you know, Tyler hasn't even played that well, but if he's just out, like, yeah, I don't, I don't see them, uh, you know, being able to come back. And you know, yesterday's game was just a pure embarrassment on the offensive side. So you know, Celtics really ratcheted up that defense, and it was one of the best in the league, if not the best. So yeah, um, I think they're in good shape. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I'll, I'll probably win Celtics. So I'm thinking the finals will be Celtics Warriors. And to your point. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's hard to say that the, uh, Celtics are going to come in, uh, either healthy or like, I mean, yeah, I, I just don't think that they'll be, they'll be coming in as healthy as, uh, the Warriors. Um, you know, maybe they do, maybe they do come in with some momentum and kind of carry that in. And maybe the, the Warriors do are like, oh, you know, uh, they're, they're, they're not as, uh, I don't want to say not as focused, but you know, maybe they do win, uh, like the first game, but then, 
uh once they get their first game out you know i i think that'll be more of a wake-up call for the warriors my prediction is probably uh yeah that 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 will happen um with them Celtics, maybe they pull out a game or two uh in the beginning and then uh warriors take it make the adjustments uh from there but um yeah it's it's looking really good for the warriors i think overall but no this Celtics seems amazing uh i think they're ultra talented uh, was it Peyton Pritchard? Like the guy was shooting lights out. He was he was going crazy the other day. So um, so you know, there's a lot of there's a lot to be optimistic. I think for the Celtics overall, um, great organization. They've been making a lot of great moves overall, and uh, yeah, uh, excited for their future. But uh, you know, I think right now the, there's a lot of uh momentum i think going towards the warriors overall uh for this year to win the championship so yeah Yeah. i mean it's kind of crazy to look back like a year from right now and look at that celtics team on paper and you know they lost Kyrie uh, a few years ago and it's like yeah everything kind of looked like the plan that danny ainge was trying to build like always trying to attract that missing you know big three piece or that big he wanted to make that big splash with like anthony davis and it didn't work out and it's like Mm -hmm. this team is just kind of like culminated to the point where it's just like so good on the defensive end it just like maybe it wasn't even by design but it's just like somehow some way all these parts just kind of started to meld together to make like this really you know nicely fit you know athletic defensive team and you know they've got two scoring uh you know, title contenders, I would say, like just from, you know, looking at how Tatum and Brown, uh, you know, go about their games, game to game. But uh, yeah, it's just kind of, it's more or less surprising because, uh, mm-hmm. you know, when I take, well, just look at a, you know, the Warriors roster and then you look over at the Celtics roster without watching the Celtics play, you just, you wouldn't probably give them the benefit of the doubt. But uh, from a lot of the people I've talked to and just looking at analysts, a lot of them are basically crowning whoever comes out of Eastern Conferences like the finals champ at this point, which is just like, kind of shocking but like now i have to kind of believe it just watching how they've played yeah yeah i mean the celtics team like you know i think we, we we've always highlighted wings uh so i mean it, they finally have their their wings have finally uh i don't want to say they fully reached their potential because i feel like they have more now so uh but you know i i can't name a better wing group uh, in the nba than you know jalen brown and tatum and they really surrounded them with great supporting cast members. Uh, you know, Robert Williams, like that, that guy's a stud. He's a defensive, he's your modern, he's your quintessential modern day uh, NBA uh, center now. It's like, you know, there's, they might be small in stature, kind of like an NBA 2K. You know, I, I was like kind of creating a center there. It's like, oh yeah, let's just make them short because they can run around, be really quick, but then they got long arms so that they can block, right? That's, that's just how the, the modern day NBA center is. So they can, you know, guard guards, but then also, you know, rebound and, uh, and kind of mix it up in the paint. So um, they've just had a really well, well-constructed team. Uh, there's a reason why, you know, uh, the teams that are in the NBA conference finals are in there. It's just, they are so well orchestrated and put together. Um, and yeah, I, I think it'll be a great series, but yeah, I'm, I'm definitely going to be sticking with the, the, the warriors uh, in the finals. Gotcha. Yeah. And I'm with you. I I think the Warriors will overcome, you know, some of the critiques that are out there, but I think everybody, uh, you know, expects them to be in that, that final series and expects them to do pretty well. uh, Even if, you know, they don't pick them to win. I think, I think I'm I'm comfortable doing that and uh, yeah, I can definitely see them winning, but uh, 
What what happens if uh, if Curry wins uh, wins the Finals MVP now? Is this uh, is this cred going to be jumped up now, like top ten all time? You think? Yeah, better. I mean, it, it needs to because you know guys like Max Kellerman are just like basically holding that against him. You know, the fact that he hasn't won a Finals MVP and you know he's not the true number one on a championship team from Max Kellerman's point of view. It's just kind of like it's annoying to me because. Curry's probably the most transcendent player, you know, outside of Michael Jordan, arguably, maybe a Shaq, you know, if you're thinking about game breakers, like somebody who just completely revolutionized their position or, you know, their era of basketball, like nobody's put a stamp on the game, you know, in shooting or point guard play like Steph has in the way that he's done it. Like we could all argue, like, was Magic Johnson, was Isaiah Thomas, you know, um, I don't know if you want to throw like Steve Nash into the mix or something like that. I mean, you could, but it's just like, I don't think any of those other three, you know, no disrespect to Nash, but it's just like when Curry, you know, started shooting the way he did, I mean, nobody expected him to be the star that he is. And it's just like, now you, know, you look at any uh, players coming up, any teams in the way that they're structured or how point guards are taught to play. It's like, you're expected to have like, you know, 35% shooting percentage from three point range or higher and, or you're not a starter. And, you know, that was all kind of tailored to what, you know, to Steph Curry's game and just mm-hmm. how good he was at not only being exceptional as a player, but also as a team leader and, uh, you know, uh, somebody who could take their team to the playoffs consistently and, and, you know, to finals and to win championships and, yeah. You know, he already deserves that credit from my perspective, but I think, yeah, no doubt if he wins finals MVP, like everybody else should just shut up. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting. It's that like, there's a reason why he didn't win the finals MVP, right? It was Iguodala won it. And then, yeah, there was the, the whole KD uh, going over there, but that's not something that uh, Steph can control the, you know, KD coming over and all. Um, but it's like, yeah, he was double teamed. He was, <laughs> you know, that, that because he's such a great shooter. So they wanted to get the ball out of him and then Iguodala showed up. So like, that's, that's how it works. Uh, you know, if you're a shooter and that, you know, that's what he is, uh, first, and then he's just a great overall NBA player. Uh, but you know, he's, he, he's transcended the game. He definitely has changed it. I, I, there's no question about that. Um, yeah, like he's basically taken out uh, um, Jaleel Okafor, that that mold, basically. Uh, Jaleel Okafor, like, yeah, he was a great center uh, probably in every other era. Uh, just a great little post person. But um, that's just not existent in the NBA today because of someone like Steph Curry now. So yeah. he's literally changed the entire, like, multiple positions, not just the point guard position to be, you know, primary scorers, but has changed the game from all the positions that you do have your Robert Williams, uh, you know, and, and the Draymond Greens of the world because uh, it's become just positionless basketball. Um, can you play basketball? Can you pass? Can you shoot? Can you rebound? Can you defend? That's all that matters, not necessarily about height. So it's it's definitely been something that, you know, I like to see because, hey, you know, I, I think we're all sick of uh, just watching some guy back down <laughs> for like, 10 seconds uh, into, you know, to shoot like a five footer or whatever. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, look at Lonzo ball, even like 
when he came up, everybody was kind of thinking he was like the next uh, coming of Jason Kidd. And like by his, by terms of like dribbling and passing, like, you know, he's got great, he had great skills there with him when he was with the Lakers and, you know, some of the time at the Pelicans, but it wasn't until mm-hmm. he really developed a three point shot at the end of his time with the Pelicans and like signing with the Bulls where we could see star potential written all over him. And, you know, that's not by accident. I don't think, I don't think, you know, him having to do that to become a star, um, you know, was just something that he decided to do on his own, you know, free time. I think NBA executives and just kind of seeing the writing on the wall, knowing what he has to deal with going up, you know, against his peers at the same position. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, man, you you can't just shoot 25% and, you know, just a broke jumper, but, you know, be the best passer and defender on the court. Like you, you know, you got to take your game to an absolutely another level to compete with some of these guys. And like, you know, Steph set that bar. Like he really did. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you, you can't be Ben Simmons. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. Yeah. That was you can't good. be Ben Simmons. So, Oh, oh man. man. But right. I did have a question about another Bulls player. Cause he's oh. getting some, some buzz right now. Um, our, our boy, Zach Levine is, uh, Got his eyes elsewhere around the league uh, when it comes to his pending free agency. I don't know if you've like seen any of these reports or anything, but like he like wants to, you know, he's always he's like basically showing a lot of love for for LA and being a Laker. And then I'm also seeing he wants to meet with a bunch of different teams like the Hawks, the Blazers, the Mavericks. Like, are we going to lose him, or you know, what would you think would be the 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 place where he would want to go most to 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 kind of spurn us, but is there more behind this that I've just I haven't read or know much about? Yeah, I mean, it, I don't know. This is one of those questions where is this a negotiation thing or is he really really searching? Because you know, yeah, if you're uh, any any type of employee of an organization. Granted, you know, Zach means it's it's like, oh, instead of tens of millions or whatever, I'm going to make, you know, potentially hundreds of millions. Yeah, different situation there. But if you are a hot candidate and you have options, you want to see what those options are uh, at least and then make your decision then. Um, I think he's in the past, he's said that, yeah, maybe I do want to stay with the Bulls. But, um, you know, I'm hoping that this is a, more of a negotiation thing. And more of a, hey, let's just see what else is out there. But, you know, maybe he's 75% Bulls. That's what I'm hoping. And just wants to see, like, oh, what can the Lakers do? Are they going to surround me, LeBron? Uh, you know, uh, is Russell Westbrook in the picture? Are they going to surround us with with the talent that we need to, to you know, win a championship? So, you know, if that is something, then, okay, yeah. Uh, maybe he does leave elsewhere. Uh, but... You know, uh, he has spent, you know, a, a number of years with the, uh, or this was his first time taste of the playoffs. So maybe he's now like, hey, I just want to be winners now. Like, I'm just tired of playing with uh, Carl Anthony Towns in Minnesota for, for those years and losing with the Bulls. So maybe I just want to be with winners now. And he just wants to go to LA because LA attracts free agents and, uh, you know, we'll have a couple good years with LeBron. Uh, for you know how long he wants to be playing and uh you know hopefully a healthier ad or, or who, whoever they, they they bring up now so yeah hopeful but i i i mean you know ak 
put a lot into the Bulls to get a lot of talent to surround Zach Levine. So it would be a shame if he left. Uh you know, but hey, maybe that's my boy Patrick Williams comes up and uh, lights <laughs> it up a little bit. So, um, but yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, I, I, I guess I could see it more from the side that you brought up about you know you threaten to leave so that he, they bring in more talent just to surround him with. Um, contract wise, if I'm not mistaken, is he eligible for the supermax with the Bulls? Like, would that would the Bulls be the only team that could pay him? You know, five years and blah, 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 or is it like if he goes elsewhere and he signs a max, then he can only do like the four-year option, you know, the four-year option plan with a little bit less money or something like that. I'm I'm not entirely sure on his contract rights at this point, but uh, mm-hmm. it just it just kind of kind of goes against logic in a lot of ways. Like I'd, ho- I'd hope that he wouldn't take the red pill and join the likes of like Ben Simmons, Kyrie, and Harden just start like, green grass, you know, searching stuff like that. Like always trying to find a better position. Cause when you look at it, if he goes and jumps over to LA, you're maybe going to get what one more good year out of LeBron, you know, who knows if Anthony Davis will stay healthy and then what, then you're just stuck in LA and you're the only guy there. And, and what happens next, you know, you've already jumped one time. Like you're just going to want to keep jumping everywhere you go. And, uh, I think it's just, it's annoying with some of these guys. Like if it's really true and I really hope it's not true as Zach, it's like, man, look at what you got around you right now. And there's a lot worse situations that guys who have jumped have been in like than the one you're in right now. Mm-hmm. And uh, just with the whole new regime, it's like, we all see it. I mean, I think as fans, we're all like, I'm really encouraged. Like if they do nothing, you know, this offseason just carried that same team over, you know, I'd be a little discouraged because I'd be like, I think we're still like in the four or five seed mode, but uh, you know, I think we get one more quality piece and it doesn't have to be like a superstar. I just think we need one more like really nice, you know, two, three guard, or maybe it's a, uh, you know, another, you know, five or four, something like that. Just another guy who's been there and done it or, you know, can put up some numbers. And it's like, just get that, get that whole team healthy and together and building continuity. And I think, you know, they could be the next Miami. They could be the next Boston. They could, you know, they could yeah. find their way in it and do some damage next year. Just like, you know, stay the course. Yeah. I mean, Zach, I think, I believe how the NBA structures is that if you stay with your team that you're in contract with, you can make more money on, on max deals, like tens of millions more over the course of a couple of years. So, um, so it, financially, at least, it's in best interest uh with regards to salary uh for zach to stay granted if he were to go to la you know there's all those endorsements and all that fun stuff that he can do over there so that's where there's a little bit of that appeal and like kind of like how lebron was able to just be like okay i'm just going to do that and i'll do space jam so you know (laughs) um yeah so but no i agree i you know and we, we didn't have lonzo ball in the playoffs too so that was another thing um and then you know yeah if we can stay healthy uh reasonably healthy with regards to a season just get more experience playing with each other then yeah the sky's the limit you know there's a lot of talent going all around for you know one through five and the bench um nice mixture of young and older uh and you know people are just hitting their prime like zach so if if i'm zach i'm like yeah stay in chicago let's do it man um you know 
There's a lot of great talent. You're you're going to be he, – he played hurt, uh, you know, the last playoff, so I'm hoping that he has a little bit of chip on his shoulder be like, hey, you know, I'm going to come back healthy in the playoffs next year and just show up and, and you know, take, take it to the next level. Again, this is the first time in the playoffs, so, you know, I'm hoping that he uh, kind of has that hometown uh, feel to, towards things. And, you know, there's a lot of talent, you know, a lot of great young assets for the Bulls. Uh, we even have a draft pick this year. Like that's pretty great. <laughs> so I thought we traded them all with you know getting DeRozan and and Vucevic. So, but yeah. yeah, you know, I I I hope he stays. If he doesn't stay, I would just I, I I think we'd be resilient enough to weather the storm. Like even if he goes, it'd be a huge blow. Mm-hmm. But I still think there's enough intelligence there and enough talent there to maybe attract somebody else who wants to take that, sure. you know, that role or maybe just, you know, get a nice contract because they'd have the money to do that um, with another free agent. But um, yeah, yeah, I, I still think we'd be in okay shape. It's just, uh, yeah, n- obviously not ideal. And uh, I just love the strides that he's made, you know, over the last like three years, especially where it's like, he's not just a dunker anymore. Like he's got a complete game and he's got the right head on his shoulders too. I like his attitude. Yeah. No, I, I, I remember playing some basketball in uh, Seattle and, uh, you know, one of, I guess, a high school teammate. I, I don't know. I don't know the guy. I don't know if he was, you know, BSing me or whatever, but he's like, oh, yeah, Zach, I remember playing with him in high school and he was like, we go way back. It was on Mercer Island. So I, just, I, th- I think he might be from there. So I'm like, okay, maybe, maybe. But um, I had a Bulls hat on and everything. And uh, he was like, oh, okay, this guy's uh, from Chicago. So, um, but yeah, you know, he seems like a good guy uh, from everything I've heard. Uh, yeah, I just wish that we can win with him. He has all the talent in the world. Uh, great that he's evolved and taking things to the next level with the Bulls. So I'm hoping that uh, he, he kind of takes that sentiment uh, going forth. And, you know, there's a ton of talent. He can make a bunch of money here. Uh, Chicago, we're one, probably the best sports town uh, in all the land. So um you know hey zach you're listening to this stay in chicago you know we'll you know pay you a bunch of money and get you pizza so yeah yeah we're gonna have to really do a study on why chicago gets burned by so many great players like (laughs) we've had our good luck with like walter and michael and you know frank over the years and you know there's been some some you know other you know blackhawks obviously had a great run but it's just like have to just kind of like break down like what is Chicago to most athletes and why is it always getting dodged in that sense? I hear it's like the the Bulls organization that mm-hmm. I believe, you know. Uh <clears throat> yeah, like we never really attracted during those free agency years, like Dwayne Wade coming back, uh, you know, uh, or you know, the best we can get was Boozer during that time, right? With all the the you know, Chris Bosch running around. Um, so I, I think there, there's the the idea that the front office just doesn't take care of its players as much compared to say like uh, you know Dallas is actually pretty known for being friendly there uh, and and just getting free agents when they can um, and you know with Mark Cuban just kind of being a player's uh, owner if you will uh, so you know but you know the Heat is another organization like they were able to attract. Jimmy Butler, uh, Kyrie, just because, you know, the mentality with it, with regards to everything that, and, you know, state income tax, that's another thing too. Sure. Uh, if you're able to be on the coast a little bit closer to home, 
uh, or yeah, just not pay state income taxes when, Hey, yeah, if you're a millionaire, that's a big, that's a big deal. So, um, so all those things I think taken into account, uh, you know, yeah, if, if, if I'm have the choice between joining the Lakers or the bulls, uh, both, you know, high tax States, it's like, well, the Lakers have a lot of, a lot more uh, history and, uh, the ownership, I, I guess, you know, there's, they're going to put more money into the organization as a whole and be very active because they have a reputation to, and they take that seriously um, versus sometimes it seems like the Bulls, they're like kind of a havesy with regards to winning sometimes. So um, yeah. yeah, I think that's kind of what their persona has been, but um, hopefully, uh, you know, with AK, it sounds like, Hey, we got Lonzo. So it seemed like something was working out there. Yeah. Last off season was encouraging. Um, in Chicago also, I just like, you know, looking at the White Sox, like Bryce Harper goes to Philly instead of coming to Chicago. It's like, wait, what is, what is Philly offering? <laughs> Besides, like a fan base is going to get like, really give you hell yeah. if you suck. Like, so I, like, I know sometimes I look at some of these off season, I'm like really scratching my head. I'm like, man, we've got such a great team and we've got money to spend. And like, it's Chicago. Like, it's still like, yeah. you know, a major city in the United States. Like obviously the weather can be rough if uh, maybe these guys are not from, you know, the area or something like that, or, you know, colder climates. So maybe that's another element to it. But, uh, but yeah, hopefully, uh, hopefully we get this right. And uh, it's just something we can, uh, you know, toast to once he's, you know, resigns and we can, you know, maybe add a piece or two, but uh, yeah, overall uh, encourage with where the bulls are going. Yeah, for sure. Happy about, yeah. I'm just happy with that. Yeah. There was a winning season, uh, uh, you know, within the like past five years now, basically for, for the bulls. So, and yeah, just optimistic about AK going forth uh, and what he's able to do. So, yeah, for sure. Cool. All right, man. I think that's a wrap. Covered racism, baseball, and yeah. Chicago Bulls and everything. So, yeah. yeah. Racism and baseball are not synonymous. But yeah, definitely a good episode. I, I hope uh, I hope we can touch on more dialogue like that. Like if there's other issues yeah. or... Uh, if anybody has any thoughts on it too, like we'd love to hear, you know, any sort of commentary, any sort of feedback about this show. And uh, no, it was, it was good to cover these issues and, uh, you know, talk about, uh, you know, what's going on in the playoffs. For sure. Yeah. Let us know what you got, what you all think. Uh, feel free to comment or you know, tweet or, or, or post something on, on Instagram for us. But uh, you know, yeah, this is uh Wayne Pat and we're signing off here. So, all right.